Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. You can cloud access 21 one-hour sessions and get them online anytime, anywhere. Learn more at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, today we're going to talk about the single-tenant net lease investment market. Look, it's been one of the sectors that's always been really interesting to, to new investors looking for sort of hands-off investments and also for very experienced investors, especially those who are maybe in their latter years and looking for something to trade into that's safer, uh, that's more hands-off. Um, and so there's a lot of benefits. And then when you look at the market we've been in, you know, the single-tenant net lease market seems to even heat up more in the times of volatility. Uh, and, in, and as everyone knows, these are typically high credit tenants of freestanding buildings that start with very long-term leases. Um, tenants pay all or most all the operating expenses, so, so they're very hand-off, hands-off and very predictable. You know, the tenants include banks, drug stores, auto-related auto businesses, fast food, uh, retail, office, industrial in some cases, restaurants. So there's a lot of tenants to, to think about out there. And the default rates on single-tenant credit properties are just really, really low, which makes it a very interesting uh, market. And so let's see what's going on in the market and get some tips from an expert. Please welcome Nancy Miller. Nancy is a partner with Bull Realty. She's president of the NetLease Investment Group. Now, she's a very active advisor in the NetLease space. She's been doing it for 20 years. Nancy, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Well, Nancy, uh, here we are. It's August 2021, and hopefully the pandemic's on its, on its way out. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the commercial investment market has really heated up in, in most all sectors. What are you seeing in the net lease sector? Well, Michael, you mentioned I've been at this for 20 years, and this has been the most incredible time. I've never seen such level of activity and volume um, in, in my whole uh, career in commercial real estate. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. What types of industries and tenants, Nancy, are buyers really looking for today? What's most popular? Well, I think the essential businesses that uh, you know, we hear in the press, this is an essential business and so forth. Your dollar stores, your groceries, uh, different pe different types of businesses that people will need to have regardless. Uh, QSR, quick service restaurant, fast food, the line at the Chick-fil-A is enormous, etc. So that continues to be uh, really, really popular in this, in this environment for yeah. sure. And what are some sample cap rates, Nancy, that you're seeing in, in this hot market? Well, it, it depends on uh, the tenant, but uh, I could buy a uh, I could buy a five percent, five and a quarter percent dollar store today, where two years ago I might have bought it at a six and a half percent for the same. Mm -hmm cap rate for the same kind of same lease right. and uh, we're seeing that across the board low fives typically uh, so they're down 50 to 75 basis points lower uh, than they would have been pre-pandemic for yeah. sure and it always depends upon you know the location the tenant and, mm -hmm. and the length mm -hmm. of the existing lease so 
What are some sample closings that, that you've had recently the audience might find interesting? Well, uh, we've had um, more and more people are considering shorter leases because they get a little bit better cap rate, but we're having um, cap rates. I just, we're closing something this week on a ground lease um, that uh, was a 20-year term. It's now 15 years left on it at a 4.5% cap rate. Wow. Uh, we just sold another uh, property that I would have normally, in a normal normal time, sold probably at about a seven cap rate. We're going to sell it at about a six and a quarter cap rate. And what tenant in years left on lease? Um, in that case, we've got a 10-year tenant. Uh, we'll have about seven years left on it, and uh, it would be a, a dollar store type tenant. Um, and we're, we're, we just closed on an iLab uh, in South Georgia that uh, went at full ask price, and that was about a five and a quarter, and there were six bidders f at right. full price. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, uh, we just sold a, a drugstore with a 19-year lease uh, at a five cap, mm. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was the list price. And uh, not only did it bring list price, it had multiple offers. Absolutely. And the buyer paid, and the, and the buyer paid any and all costs except for the real estate commission, right? Absolutely. Uh, that, that really hot market. We've also mm -hmm. seen some uh, investors buying these really safe uh, properties like like banks uh, where they're paying these four caps and things, but mm -hmm. they have long-term leases and, and, and great mm -hmm. locations. Nancy, are there some geographic areas or, or states that uh, have more demand uh, than others right now? Yeah, the answer is uh, a lot of folks like tax-free states, mm -hmm. uh, Tennessee, for example, Texas, and others. There are about six or seven tax-free states, Florida, of course, and uh, they like those. Um, we have, though, people who say, I don't care so much about that. That's a good thing. But I also want something in a robust area. So we are seeing a tremendous amount of activity in the Carolinas, uh, in Georgia, Tennessee, um, we're seeing activity in, in, in Texas, Florida, Alabama, and usually in the larger cities. Um, you know, South Carolina is blowing up uh, between Charleston and all the, that's going on there, Chattanooga, Huntsville. There are markets that are just blowing up like crazy, and people love those. Yeah. What about industries or uh, tenants where you see less demand? Are there some buyers that will tell you, hey, you know, we don't like these tenants because of the long-term outlook. Well, um, another good question, because pre-pandemic, I wouldn't have answered this, but w during the pandemic, uh, we've had tenants that uh, we get pushback on things like uh, swim, athletic, uh, things that in indoor recreational uh, kinds of things, uh, things where there's high contact of people. Um, also, there's a bit of concern about uh, casual dining, as you know, it's come back some, but uh, part of that is uh, there's an employment issue too. There's not enough people staffing those restaurants, so those restaurants are not at full capacity. Um, and uh, again, we hope that the pandemic is settled down because casual dining could be a very good sector. We've actually sold uh, this in recent months to Applebee's. Uh, great real estate, long leases, and, and so the, uh, the investors are, are long-term uh, feel that that is a good sector, but um, it will wait and see. I don't know if uh, automotive and so forth over time will be 
um, hit or uh, an, an issue uh, ultimately with investors as well. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned automotive. Uh, we've helped some single tenant net lease investors place a lot of, of money recently, and they were interested in gas stations and quick lube mm -hmm. places. And, and I, as an mm -hmm. advisor, mm -hmm. personally just don't think there's a good long-term outlook mm -hmm. you know, potentially for these businesses and there's safer options out there. But wow, the market's so hot. You seemingly get a great price uh, for anything right now, right? Well, you know, the, the exception to that would be, I think, the tire world. Um, we just sold a Mavis tire um, in the Atlanta metro area at a very high cap, excuse me, at a very high price, a low cap rate, okay. uh, and it had seven years left on it. And uh, we just are under LOI in California for two other tire branded stores that are of a national nature mm -hmm. um, at a five and a quarter cap. Both of those will have 20 year leases. Um, they're in good real estate and uh, they're uh, established uh, as well. And there were about five offers on those. And I had came with a 1031 buyer who had a lot of cash to put down and, and we were able to convince the uh, listing broker uh, that we're the best horse to run with. But uh, that sector, the tire sector, whether we go electric or hybrid or stay with gas, we need tires on our cars. <laughs> I agree. I, I like the tire business as well. Um, Nancy, you, do, you mentioned a 1031 buyer you're working with. Are any of your clients saying that they're making moves ahead of possible uh, changes in capital gains or, or possible reductions in the 1031? Absolutely. Uh, the uh, gentleman that I mentioned that just sold the Mavis Tire, we have two or three properties that we're looking at now to get him under LOI. He's under LOI to close quickly. And he's assuming that he is going to also have, he's putting another property that we sold him, um, an Arby's, uh, we're putting it on the market very quickly because his goal is to try to get the Arby's on the market and get it sold in, a, in enough time for him yet to purchase another 1031 before 123121. Uh, yeah, so a lot of your clients are saying, hey, let me do business in 2021. Absolutely. I, hopefully I know the rules. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> and who knows what the real real rules will ultimately be, but everyone is driving towards let's get something done by the end of the year this year. And I think it's an interesting time in 2021. I think I lead a team that sells office buildings, and we're seeing the same thing. A lot of 1031 money swirling in the market. Mm -hmm. A lot of people wanting to make moves, whether it's geographically or mm -hmm. tenant, mm -hmm. sector, uh, property type, mm -hmm. uh, make some moves now while they know the market is this hot, interest mm -hmm. rates are low. Mm -hmm. We do have favorable capital gains. We have the full 1031 mm -hmm. exchange. Um, you know, and there's talk of limited a 1031 exchange to 500,000. So when you think about commercial real estate, mm -hmm. that's basically almost taking it out of the picture. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I want to ask you, Nancy, about uh, lenders today in the single tenant net lease world. I assume they, they love the space. What are you seeing for a sample loan to value ratio and interest rates for some of the loans your buyers mm -hmm. are closing on? Um, we've, I've gotten a couple quotes in the last several days, mm -hmm. three and a half to 3.9 uh, cap rates, uh, excuse me, interest, interest rate. rates uh, with a 10 year balloon, uh, a 25 or a 30 year amortization. And uh, the loan to value is no more than a 65% LTV. However, the but is that the tenant has got to be 
a, a strong tenant, whether it's a franchise or a corporate or regional tenant, um, they're looking with some level of scrutiny at the strength of the tenant. But very financeable. Those rates are still pretty good. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the loan-to-value ratio, may, some people may think it's a little low, you know, for a really high credit tenant with mm -hmm. a long-term lease mm -hmm. at 65%, but that's really the highest you're seeing on mm -hmm. loan-to-value ratio. In, in some cases where you have a strong borrower in the same state or in the same city as the lender, you might go to a 70%. Maybe if it's a borrower that has a lot of business with that bank, maybe mm -hmm. the bank will do 75%. Yeah. But across the board, if I'm buying something in Timbuktu, Missouri, and I want to get financing, it's going to be no more than a 65% ultimately. Yeah. And of course, some of uh, our clients, we can help them with 100% financing if they don't mind also you know, putting up their uh, stocks uh, for collateral, right? Uh -huh. And uh, really increasing uh, returns and building uh, wealth. Well, Nancy, if an investor really likes the handoff aspect, hands-off aspect mm -hmm. of single tenant net lease, mm -hmm. they they like the security. There's really really low um, failures in, mm -hmm. in these tenants, but they really want a little bit higher cap rate. I mean, mm -hmm. these cap rates may mm -hmm. seem too low to a lot of the listeners, right? Um, and maybe they don't mind the risk of of a shorter lease. Uh, is how can you help them make good, make good decisions to kind of weigh that risk on a, on a shorter lease single tenant property? Uh, that's that's a great question, and we're asked that question more and more. Uh, the thing to do is to, number one, look at a, a quality tenant. It may be a regional, it may be a franchise, it may be a corporate tenant. Uh, look at the fundamental quality of the real estate uh, that they're considering buying. Is it is it have good access, uh, good placement, um, you know, that type of thing. Look at all of that and um, compare that. Uh, for example, there are ways to compare how that property, uh, in terms of traffic and demographics, compares to other properties that might have just sold that have also shorter-term leases. So we can create a confidence level with that buyer that says, hey, it only has six years left on it, will they renew? And if we find another similar property over here that has... Had a, that they did renew, right? Yeah, that they did renew, yeah. it, it could show them. So there's some ways to kind of safeguard a decision, but by and large, and you can look at store sales if they're reported, you could look at the rent-to-sales ratio, and if the rent-to-sales ratio is lower, be below 10 or 9, uh, chances are it's a very profitable location for the uh, tenant, and there's no way that they're going to, uh, you know, move or close the store and not renew. So that those are some indicators. I, I like that. I mean, there's sophisticated tools you have today to, sure. to really figure out, even if they don't report sales, how much traffic are they getting mm -hmm. and what is that traffic? How mm -hmm. does it compare to stores that you know are doing well? So you can really gauge the risk better today mm -hmm. um, than ever before. You don't have to sit out there and, and count cards, right? And I like what you <laughs> said. You know, look at the downside risk, right? If, if that tenant does not renew, what's the real estate like, right? What's that worth and what do you have if that that's tenant right. doesn't renew? That's right. Uh, and that's, you know, a key, key thing. And it could be in a small town, not necessarily a big town. It can still be good real estate. It could be in a college town, state capital. It could be in, in Podunk. But if it's the crossroads and it has high traffic counts and it's at a signalized corner, I don't care where it is, it's still good real estate. Yeah, good point. And a lot of the investors really like and, and like the corporate tenants, right? Mm -hmm. What about franchise or tenants? Should mm -hmm. investors consider that? Are there any uh, merits to that? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, we're, we have a listing right now. It's a Bojangles in Aiken, South Carolina. Um, the operator of that Bojangles is the largest Bojangles operator in the country. He owns 92 uh, Bojangles, uh, operates 92, and during COVID, he did not ask for one penny of any rent concession. So you have strong operators like that, and then you have go the other extreme, uh, a company called Win Foods is the largest franchisee of Wendy's. They're so large, they're on the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. So what's wrong with that? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? So do you get a little higher return if it's a franchisee tenant versus the corporate tenant? In a typical time, you would, yeah. but in but today, because again, because of the supply and demand, if that franchise location is fundamentally good real estate, uh, I may not see much of a difference at all in cap rate between a corporate and a franchise tenant, so long as that we know that that franchisee is solid and they are guaranteeing and, and they have backing. Yeah. One of the things that um, is interesting about the single tenant net lease world is that uh, that it's really a good investment for first-time buyers, right? Maybe they're a busy doctor, mm -hmm. lawyer, what have you, IT person, and mm -hmm. they don't really have the time or maybe even the expertise or experience to manage mm -hmm. a property. Uh, so it's a good investment there. And then it seems like it's a great investment for uh, investors who are very expensive, been in business a long time, mm -hmm. and maybe they're trading out of apartments or mm -hmm. they're trading out of something that's more risky into these, mm -hmm. these t safe investments. What are some tips you would give these buyers who maybe you know haven't bought twenty single tenant net lease mm -hmm. properties? You know when they're looking and, and to to buy a property, what are some tips for them? Well, uh, I could give you many all day long, but uh, one tip is to uh, work with someone who tr trades or who knows that specialty, a broker who is involved with net lease properties. Uh, secondly, what I would do is if you see something that you like in the market. Today, if I were to show you a property today and you like the fundamentals of that property, chances are other people are looking at that property today as well. So I would say don't be afraid of making an offer and getting in the game because if you don't, um, I can assure you that if it's that good of a property in three or four days from now in the current market, it probably will be spoken for. Um, and so I think those are some of the don't be afraid to jump in the pool uh, right away or you'll miss some things. And also be creative about, you, start, you talked about shorter leases and you talked about different ways to improve a cap rate. Don't be afraid to look at those alternative strategies. And in the last comment there, I have to, when I'm looking for things for uh, clients, if I see something that's in uh, some of the listing uh, subscription, CoStar, and this and that and the other, if I see it there and, and, or in LoopNet and you see it there as the buyer, chances are everyone else has seen it. Right. So I have relationships and I try to um, go to brokers who I know might specialize with a certain tenant group and I'll say to them, I'll say Susie or Joe or whomever, I'll say, what's in the pipeline? and tell me what's coming up. And right now, we're, we have a, a Dollar General that uh, we did that very thing because they were out of Dollar Generals for what this buyer wanted. I called the broker who I knew was the market maker there, and uh, that broker had something that will be done in October. We contracted with them in June for something that won't have a CO to be ready to, to sell in October. So we waited that path, and he's doing a 1031 exchange, 
but we waited and we knew where to go to find that. Yeah. And if you're a broker or an investor out there and you're, you're familiar with the brokerage world, um, in the single tenant net lease world, there's really a lot of cooperation between brokers um, at different companies where you might not see that as much in the multifamily world or office or multi-tenant retail. The single tenant net lease world do seem, seem a lot of cooperation, uh, which um, you don't see in other sectors. Sure. And, and would you relate the single tenant net lease investment market today for buyers uh, is this a little bit like the sing, like the residential home market? Is it that hot that buyers really need to be uh, very aggressive with their offers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, uh, you should come in with your best foot forward or close to your best foot forward. Um, and uh, one of the things you have to do is show that you are a capable buyer, uh, that you have uh, monies available or you have maybe been pre-qualified if you're going to do financing. Um, if you've done a if you're doing a 1031 exchange, we always uh, say don't make an offer unless your what we call that your down leg has hard earnest money on it. So the property you're selling is the earnest money hard on that mm -hmm. because um, otherwise the broker we're trying to negotiate with will blow you off and say, okay, see ya. There's a cash buyer over here. They're much easier to work with, and I don't have all the contingencies. So it is a uh, a rapid market today, just like the, the residential side, probably yeah. with a little more complex, but yes. Sure, sure. and in, in the uh, multifamily investment world and some of the other sectors, we're even seeing hard earnest money day one. You see any, anything like that in the single tenant I, world? I have a, a deal that I'm getting uh, the contract signed today mm -hmm. where we had multiple offers and it, they kept raising their offers along the way and uh, the seller, our client, said, I'll uh, tell them that we're going to have $10,000 in non-refundable earnest money up front. Mm -hmm. If he wants the deal, he can have it. They agreed. Yeah. So we, we're, today I expect the, uh, the purchase agreement to be executed. It seems like the perfect sector, if you're a buyer competing with other buyers, it seems like the perfect sector to, to be more comfortable uh, with hard earnest money day one because there's there's less moving parts you, you probably know sure. who the tenant is and uh there's one lease uh so it's a much cleaner investment anyway so that'd be interesting mm -hmm. so how are buyers competing with cash buyers if they need to get a loan is it just really how fast can they close a, a new loan and, and how can they be competitive um we're seeing typically now a 30-day inspection a 30-day close mm -hmm. Um, if someone is doing financing, uh, what we've been doing is have a 30-day due diligence and have a 15-day longer, 45-day um, uh, loan contingency. However, what we put in the fine print is that at day one or within the first 10 days of the inspection period, I will um, apply for my loan and I'll show proof of ordering third-party reports. Nice. So I've spent money. Yeah. And that seems to mitigate the concern about wasting time with someone who can't get financed. Okay. So if buyers, as you're competing for properties, you've got some great tips today. One, consider hard earnest money day one if you have enough experience for that. Um, consider quick and mm -hmm. clean time frames. Mm -hmm. If you're going to get a loan, uh, have as much proof of ability to close as you can. If you have cash, you show that proof of ability uh, and, uh, and and get you know your offer format, right? If you're starting to look at these things, uh, are you going to write an LOI 
Are you going to write a PSA? Maybe you're going to do either, depending on what the seller or listing agent wants, right? So be ready. Have those have those agreements kind of sure. ready to go, right? Absolutely. Any final tips or, or words of, of wisdom to in the net lease world for the audience, Nancy? Before I let you go, um, I think we we hit on them. I think we should uh, let everyone know that it can be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be proactive. You want to uh, uh, work. You know, learn along the way as you're doing it, and don't be afraid to put offers in. Um, and uh, let it be something that it's a diversification strategy that uh, takes the heat off of you. As you earlier mentioned, it's a very passive way to have protected income for the long term. So, uh, and I would I would say work with a broker uh, who has experience in the sector yeah. because that broker is going to open the doors for you today that are locked to most people. Yeah. All right, a good point, and I'd add that 2021 I think is a fantastic year to consider um, diversifying your your portfolio. Maybe consider taking some chips off the table while interest rates are low. While we know we have the full 1031, that money is swirling in the market, um, and we know the capital gains are low. Most mm-hmm. people think that capital gains will go up. If there's a limitation on the 1031, it could be a very different market down the road. So look at your portfolio today uh, and, and look at some options. Uh, a broker like Nancy or somebody in the specialty in your space uh, can share with you what it might bring today uh, so you can make good decisions. Nancy, great information. Thank, thank you for you. joining us. Thanks for having me, Michael. And thank you for joining us around the country. We appreciate it. And if you will, hey, share the show. If you will, subscribe to the show uh, and connect with us on your favorite social media. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing site selection and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success, expert-level commercial real estate broker training, Cloud Access 1, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.